Hi guys, welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today we got a special virtual guest that Tony is going to introduce. This is Cortland DeCarlo Warren. He is out of out of Tulsa, Oklahoma now. Um, he's re- he just retired from PSI seminars, which had a huge impact on my life. It's one of the best seminars I've ever done. He did 20 years with them. And then as well as that, he's been a CEO coach, teaching leaders how to bounce back quickly from adversity. He teaches about post-traumatic growth. He works with people and helps them break through their limiting beliefs, develop a winning mindset, create the lives they really want. He's got over 15,000 hours of live trainings, including work for large companies like UPS, Coca-Cola. I've seen that he's been working a lot with New Skin recently, multi-level marketing companies, and uh, if you guys want to see him speak, you should watch his TEDx talk. He did one, Oklahoma City. Um, you should watch that talk. This mm-hmm. is a good friend, mentor, and uh, a guy who Dakota and I look up to. This is Cortland Warren. I appreciate that. Thank you for uh, thank you for the introduction. I got to say, though, that's one of the first times ever that I've been introduced uh, with my middle name thrown in. Not a lot of people know that. So, you, look, you've already let some people into some secrets. <laughs> And that also, look, that also tells people, or it should, um, how how close I am uh, to you guys and how much I just really uh, respect what you've created in a fairly short time. Uh, it's never really short, though, is it? You know, uh, there's a lot of work that's going in, and, and I'm really proud of what you all are doing. And uh, I count you all, uh, I count you both as friends. Uh, and saying my middle name in my intro is, uh, is <laughs> My middle name of my intro is part of that. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks for the invitation. I appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, I saw uh, one of your boys. I don't know which one it was. I, I feel like maybe it was Sterling. Mm-hmm. Just got into a fraternity that maybe you were a part of or something like that. I saw that on your Facebook. I know you're you're proud of your boys. I'm proud of my boys. That was a big deal. That was that was a big deal back in. Uh, Back in college, uh, one, I was one of the first males in my family to even go to college. So I didn't I didn't know about, you know, fraternity life and whatever. Uh, but there are a few or uh, more specifically nine organizations that are uh, predominantly black or African-American organizations. And uh, that's because when they were founded, uh, they weren't allowed to be part of the other organizations, So they started their own. Uh, But that said, the first uh, Greek letter organization, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity, uh, was the one I became a part of. And through over the years, and, you know, Sterling's now 20, but over the years, I never talked to him about it. You know, he knew, but it was never like, this is what you're going to do. I want you to do this. That that was never a part of the deal. And uh, so when he uh, uh, when he made that choice, uh, it was definitely um, pride uh, for me. And then what what you saw there on Facebook was that night of his, you know, uh, kind of showcase uh, to to the world. And I was really, I can't express the pride that came as a result of it being his choice versus, you know, me saying this is what you got to do. He had all of the other organizations to choose from. Um, and so, you know, I took I took some pride in that for sure. What's yeah, you know what? I I just realized I've never heard your story about your past. Like, how did you grow up? You said that you were one of the uh, first people in your family to go to college. So was that what was that influenced by? Like, tell us about your childhood and how that influenced you and the person that you are today. No problem. And I uh, I'm proud of it. Uh, I'll often speak about. Uh, in fact, usually my intro will say that I'm from I live in Tulsa. That is, that is correct. I do live in Tulsa, uh, but I'm from Idabel, Oklahoma. Right. Idabel, Oklahoma gets in the intros a lot more than DeCarlo gets into the intros. OK. All right. So anyway, uh, in, um, you know, there was a uh, I think it's Facty, F-A-C-T-Y, Facty.com uh, produced a, a survey uh, a few months back and it was rating the worst places to live in the United States of America. Catch this. Right. The worst places to live. And according to Facty.com, along with, you know, some of the other biggest cities in the country, Idabel, Oklahoma is number 10. Of, and that's fascinating to me, one, because I'm like, I grew up there. I mean, it was, I mean, all right, it was okay, but not compared to some of the other places. Um, and I think that's a testament to my mom, right, uh, 
for those who, you know, grew up and, you know, who, who had challenges growing up, uh, a lot of times great parenting shields you from, right, the real difficulty that you're going through. Uh, but growing up, uh, it, you know, Ida Bell is a, is a very black and white um, town, uh, ethnically, and uh, there's the east side and the west side, and uh, it seemed like everything that was good was happening on the opposite side of town than where I lived. And what I wanted to do was figure out how do you change lines? You know, if there was, if it was true that there are the haves and the have nots, we were definitely in the have not line. And what I wanted to be able to do was change lines. And, you know, I heard all the conversations about, you know, all you need is love and love is all you need. And I mean, I felt like I had a lot of love. I had 28 first cousins growing up. Um, my grandmother had uh, nine children. That's just, you know, my mom's side. All of them were, for the most part, still living in town. We had a lot of love, but we didn't have any stuff, you know. And, uh, you know, I think we'll agree that nothing replaces money in the places where money is required. So if you don't believe that, you know, uh, send your mortgage company a love letter instead of payment, right? You don't, you don't get to stay there very long. So, um, Dakota, I wanted to, um, you know, it, it was difficult. Uh, but I was shielded from uh, how tough it was. I just saw a different world, whether it be through television or, you know, the other kids at the school and things that they had and we didn't or I didn't. And um, I was trying and I set myself on a course to figure out why is it that some have and some don't, why some achieve and others don't. Um, you know, are there are there particular principles or laws that kind of govern that? And uh, I, I made that my business. I, initially, it was you go to college, you get a good job, you stay on that job for 40 years, then you retire and everything is great. Uh, so I was following that path. And then I got laid off my job two years in of this. I, you know, it was going to be 40 years and I got laid off two years in. I worked for an energy company. I worked on the trading desk um, in, excuse me, Enron was our uh, competitor. They went away. They went belly up, uh, kind of like this recent um, situation with this bank, SVP, right? So Enron went away and uh, they were number one. We were number three. And then my job went away. I was looking today where I saw that 10,000 more layoffs for uh, for Facebook um, today, in addition to what they did in November. And um, I was like, I didn't even do anything. You know, I, I've been, I get in trouble a lot. I, I didn't do anything this time, you know? And so from there, I was like, okay, I don't want it. I don't want my income, my income or livelihood to be determined by uh, someone who doesn't even know my children. So um, I figured out the path that I had been taught wasn't going to work, and I had to do something else. And that's when I got into uh, speaking and and you know tra the transformational work and working with people. Wow. So you said uh, um, you wanted to change lines. I always find that interesting, especially like whenever you see people like that. I think that people still view people like that a lot. It's like the rich and the poor. Mm -hmm. um, is I don't know what lines like uh, look like, but I'm gonna guess that's what it is. Like, all right, you yeah. guys have a lot of money. We don't have a lot of money. But what most people usually do is they create a uh, a sort of like you're bad and I'm actually good, and then they they validate in themselves mm -hmm. their mm -hmm. own situation. So how did you decide that you know what those people are where I want to be? I want to figure out how to get that. Like how did that click, or do you remember? Or yeah, I can. I, I remember very. I mean, one, I was in the place of justification. Okay, and it was. Well, I almost said a bad word. It was. It was just BS, right? It was. I was like. I mean, I, I was listening to what I was saying to myself as to the reasons why not. Right. And and then I realized that, you know, everything that all of my justifications were based on things that I could not control. Right. Uh, because they're, you know, this color of skin or they were born in this neighborhood or had these parents. And I was like, if that's the case, then someone, God, you know, some esoteric being is picking and choosing who gets to win and who loses. Like, OK, so if if, if my my original story was true, then that means I would have, you know, I'm, I came into the world destined to be without, 
to experience lack and scarcity. And it was already predetermined. And then, you know, so over time, and then I went from, I, I went through a phase of being uh, mad at God. I was mad at the, you know, the system, mad at all of these things. And then I'm like, well, but it doesn't make sense because as I would read the books, and I know you guys read a lot, I started reading the books and I'm like, wait a minute. There are people who had a much worse story than I have who have achieved greater levels of success. So I had to have the courage to put aside my justification, to put aside my reasons why not and my excuses and really start to explore like how does it happen versus, you know, these are the cars that I'm dealt and, you know, uh, you know, this this is just what it is. Uh, you know, like some people will say, and I was listening to the late um, Kobe Bryant was in an interview and uh, he was talking about, you know, someone mentioned that, well, you know, if you got it, you got it. And he interrupted the, the person. He's like, no, I, I don't I don't agree with that. I, I, I know a lot of people say it, you know, you got to have it or if you got it, you got it. And, and Kobe was like, I don't agree with that. He's like, I believe that if you don't got it, you learn it so you can get it. Um, and he went on to say, and I agree with this, everything that we know, whether it's you all in real estate or me in speaking, everything we know, we know because we've learned it. Very few things that we come into the world already knowing how to do, at least consciously. So rather than buy into the idea of, well, you know, it is what it is and this is, this is how it's determined, I looked at my life and I did not look and see anyone that I wanted to be like. When I look back over my life, my grandmother, you know, the, the, the matriarch of our family, but she did not have a lifestyle that I wanted to have. So I said, well, what if all the work they did was to put me in position to make life better? And uh, about, about the time I had that determination, one of my mentors, he said to me, Cortland, you know, if you did not come from a wealthy family, then it's your responsibility to make sure that a wealthy family can come from you. Are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place? We've been there before, and honestly, we've tried several different CRMs, and RE Simply has been the absolute best. RE Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records incoming phone calls. The system is very easy to use, and honestly, it has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try RE Simply today. Click the link in the description below. Check it out now. And it took away, I mean, it took away everything, you know, it, all, all of my excuses and justifications. I want to go back just a minute before we go further into this and mm -hmm. uh, talk about, I, I think I remember this, but correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, your dad wasn't as involved initially in your life and he came mm -hmm. kind of later. So right. As someone who didn't have a direct biological father, like maybe somebody else stepped in kind of for mm -hmm. him, mm -hmm. uh, you pride yourself on being a great father. You say it's the thing that you do best of the mm -hmm. of the things you do. The things. I know that I know that I'm a great dad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what parenting advice would you give to people? Because it sounded like, I mean, something that a lot of people feel is pressure from their parents to do a particular thing. And it sounds like you're, you know, Sterling wanted to make you proud to an extent. So how do mm. you make sure that you're guiding your kids the best way possible? What's some good parenting advice? Well, you know what? Um, the best advice I have is to listen to the human being who happens to be your son or daughter. Right. Or Right. Does that make sense? So like I, I definitely want, you know, I'm I'm the parent. So I had this attitude, you know, I'm the parent and you do what I say versus recognizing that they they already have a mind and a brain and they're already thinking and developing. And so uh, I think if you were to ask my children, like, what is it that dad does? Um, it would be he listens and um, I encourage mistakes. I, I, uh, I got this from the book uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck. And that's really where the terminology growth mindset and fixed mindset came in. And she spoke about how 
for kids who are like told that, you know, you're really smart. Oh, you're so awesome. You're so smart and whatever, how that actually produces a fixed mindset, even though it's encouraging, it produces a fixed mindset because they've heard that from parents, I'm smart, I'm talented, whatever. Then when they run up against a problem that they're not able to solve immediately, then they tend to avoid it or back away from it versus be resilient and move through it. So rather than tell them how smart they are, tell them, man, you know, if they come home with a good grade or whatever it is, or they, they, they get the job done or they finish the project or whatever it is, speak to them about, wow, you put a lot of effort into that. You really put a lot of work into that. Are you proud of yourself? So with, uh, with Sterling in particular, and you know, uh, my oldest son is Tarion, he got a bit of this too. It was, uh, Sterling could tell you uh, that it's probably less than five times in his life that he's heard me say how smart he is. Even when he brought on, you know, uh, his, his last semester was a 4.0. It, it, it doesn't go to, you're so smart. I'm like, uh, did you capture how much effort you put in to get that outcome? You know, all we talk about is what work was required. And that way he, and so when he's been up against challenges, then I will oftentimes hear him say, I'm like, he's, he'll be like, well, I'm struggling with it right now, but I'll figure it out. You know, and his mom, uh, we're, we're, we're divorced now, but I'm, I'm glad to say that we're still really good friends. And uh, she's, she reached out about, I don't know, six months ago and was like, when I listen to Sterling, I now am able to hear what you are doing with him. Like he will not quit. And um, uh, you guys know about programming and conditioning. One of the programs, oh, so for, for example, when he was getting ready to do his step show the other night, I saw him before he goes on. I was like, how you feeling? You ready? He's like, dad. I said, man, it's packed in there. I mean, it is, it's packed in there, right? That adrenaline is going to be pumping. And he's like, yeah, but like you always said, I'm best under pressure. Man, I'm telling you, that moment right there for me was like, because I have drilled that into his head since he was like, I don't know, three or four years old. I have always said to him, you perform best under pressure. You, I mean, I don't think you got to make things hard like you do sometimes, but under pressure, you shine. You are so good. And so when he said that, I'm telling my my eyes got a, my eyes got a little misty. I'm not going to lie. They got a little misty when I heard him say that because I'm like, Maybe it got in. So anyway, um, I would say, listen, I would say, listen to the to the human who happens to be your child. And then also uh, read uh, mindset and encourage the effort more so than the outcome, because I think way too many people get too focused on the outcome too soon without recognizing what the journey is, you know, have having you uh, evolve into or what's emerging as a result of the journey. You guys, uh, you guys know that you, you've been doing it. So I love it. I, I, I actually got a question about that. This is, this is always interesting for me because this is something that I'm struggling through right now is I, I was brought up very much like that mindset. The funny thing is my parents told me I was smart all the time. And I think that did play into my confidence a little bit, but it also, I didn't believe them all the way. All my teachers like, you're so smart. You're so smart. So I'm like, I don't think I'm any smarter than anybody else. Again, I do think I just, I can put it in. I put in the work a little bit harder. So even though they said it, I didn't all the way believe it. And it didn't go to my head and like, be like, oh yeah, I'm now smarter. So I don't have to work as hard. I'm like, mm. nah, like I'm normal. But the other thing that I've really thought about there is like work required. If you get into that, that mindset, when you become a business owner, mm -hmm. now you tied your identity to the, the work that you produce, whereas now you have to delegate and give it to somebody else. And so you lose a sense of self-worth sometime and you almost get a fixed mindset. Of, I got to work hard. I got to work hard. But now working hard looks different. So I just wanted to see like if you've experienced that where like life shifts and then like working hard now looks different. Yeah, than what it used to it. So now it's hard to figure out what that even looks like or means. The hard work might become like for, for where you are uh, evolving into now. Now the hard work might be developing people, right? So when I say, you know, hard work, it's not all, you know, elbow grease and sweat, right? It's man, you know, I think it was Henry Ford who said, you know, thinking is the hardest work, is the hardest work you'll ever do. 
to actually think through a problem, to actually think through a solution, to, to really consider what is it that my prospect, my client, what problems um, you know, do they have? Or what problems can I solve? To look out into the world and see you know, what's a need that I can feel, right? All of that is work too. Right. It's so so our association with work, you know, my uh, my former father in law, who would say, man, you know, uh, he's a welder, you know, he's a welder for, you know, 15 hour days welding. And then he sees me and I say, you know, I'm going to work and I'm in a suit. And he's like, man, let me see your hands. And one time I showed him my hands. I can look at those hands and tell you don't know nothing about no work. That ain't no work. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's like, I can look at your hands and tell you don't know nothing. So so how we define work you know, um, uh, to your point is, is true. And uh, our, I, I think um, uh, you mentioned it, right? Our identities being tied to outcomes is dangerous in my view, um, you know, and so, and that can change. It's not, it's not right or wrong, um, but I say tie your identity to uh, the people that you serve and the problems that you solve and just say, you know what? I continually seek out bigger problems to solve. Yeah, I love the clarification on on work because I do think people get very much in that fixed. It's got to look that way that you're talking about. And we see sure. that a lot. So, yeah, I'm glad that we clarify. Like, yeah, hard work looks different. And it's all about what is actually difficult that you know needs to get done to get you to where you want to go. Right, right. That's work. I mean, I mean, I mean, think, you know, to, to actually think versus live on automatic to to live, you know, waiting for someone to tell you what to do versus using your resources to look out into your community, to your world and say, like, what's a problem that I can solve? And then actually to take action on that, that's big time. You know, that's, in my view, that's that's what the winners do. I'm uh, still trying to figure out how to formulate this question, but it comes with a little bit of a story. So it looked like you had Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand as like one of those books that you're like, ooh, this is a cornerstone book that's been very, uh, powerful or influential mm -hmm. on your life. Um, one of the arguments that I've heard from that book would be that like a free market economy, capitalism is important so that everyone's taking personal responsibility and pursuing their best life as an empowered individual. Mm -hmm. However, I know that you're not, you know, looking back through the way that you were brought up and things like that, you experienced a lot of racial segregation and some really messed up stuff that was still going on in the States, even after slavery had been abolished. Mm -hmm. And in our country, it was like, you know, 400 years of, right. of like humans destroying and tearing down other humans. So how much responsibility do you put on the group versus the individual? How much responsibility do you put on society and mm. you do, you know, like the whole, there's the whole, you know, picking yourself up by your bootstraps mentality. And then some people are like, no, that's BS because mm -hmm. you don't know what I've been through. Right, right. I and, and you know what, this is, this is really, um, this has been a lot of my life, you know, is, is like standing, you know, I, I mentioned those railroad tracks a lot, like, but it's like I stood in the middle of them. You know, um, I, I was the kid that was captain of the football team and president of honor society. And the, 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 the football team was not the honor society. Let me just say it that way. Right. And the honor society kids were not in the locker room. So I've always kind of did this dance back and forth. I've, you know, um, so here's what I say. I, I believe that uh, first is ownership for where I am. And and the reason why I say that, uh, Tony, is because I you cannot change what you will not own. So if I'm unwilling to take ownership of it, then I can't change it. And if I am not willing to take ownership of it, I can't change it. And therefore, I have to wait for someone else to do something different before my life can change. Now, uh, there's so the, the question that you ask has a couple of parts to it. One, it's what is the individual responsibility? And then there is the societal uh, norm or thing that is accepted. Okay. The reason uh, that I was, that I appreciated Atlas Shrugged was because of the, 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 the individualism of making a contribution. 
okay? And there are, and it is, it's my view that if a person goes out and puts in the work, then they deserve what comes from that. And uh, now what that, but, but as it relates to, you know, like, you know, racial injustices and things like that, does it exist? Absolutely. I was in this conversation with a person who was asking me to uh, come on their team uh, recently and her viewpoint, I was just like, I am not going to be able to work with her because her viewpoint was just like, you know, just, you know, just get over it. You know, uh, that was in the past. That was so long ago. And I'm like, yeah, but see the, the ramifications of it still exist. So I don't, I don't look out, I don't expect a handout as much as I think that there are people in position who can give a hand up, right? So uh, if, you know, a hand out versus a hand up, lift up, and that does require going to environments that are not places where you would usually go, but it starts, it starts with ownership. Um, I call it, you know, above the line and below the line. So below, you know, usually when things don't go the way I want it to go, um, I'll look for someone else to blame. Blame doesn't work. I might turn it to shame where I shame myself, beat myself up, become very self-critical. That doesn't work. I'll go to justification, you know, and then but none of those blame, shame or justification leads to empowered relationships won't make you any more money. So why live there? Then above those three, above the line is responsible and responsible doesn't mean that it's my fault. It doesn't mean that I'm the reason that it happened. Responsible just says that no matter where I've been and no matter what I've been through, what comes next is up to me. So it, it allows me to take into account what my experiences are, okay? And then say, where am I going from here? And ultimately, I think a person just has to be honest with themselves about, you know, is what I'm doing working? Is it working for me to sit back and wait for, you know, the world, the norm, the system, the man, wait, waiting for them to change hasn't worked for me. So I started looking at what can I do uh, to empower myself? How much of this can I own? Hmm. I got a question. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's similar to that, but then kind of not. So what do you think like the relationship or balance is about like speaking what you believe the world needs to hear? And then like your own ego, because like that's where I'm struggling is sometimes I'm like, dude, I can't tell if this is my ego talking or if I actually believe this is like justified. And like, I think this is good for the world. And like, it's hard to differentiate if I'm doing it just for notoriety or like, you know, self-interest or if it's like, no, I actually believe this is going to help. You know what I mean? Do you yeah. struggle with that? I do. I do. And here's what I've learned over, you know, uh, 20 years of personal development training. Uh, I used to always want to give feedback to people. I want to always offer it up. And what I've learned is that unsolicited feedback is a form of abuse. Okay. So I just come in, I come into your space. I come into your studio. I come into your business and I start telling you about all the things that you need to do different, all the things that you're doing wrong. Here's where you're screwing it up. All right. That's unsolicited feedback is a form of uh is a form of abuse okay i see it a lot when people go into other countries and they go into other countries and they're like well here's how it is in western civilization here's what you all need to do here's what actually works but i haven't even checked in to whether or not these and these people are actually happy where they are because what makes them happy may be different than what makes me happy i spoke about my grandmother earlier she has no desire to fly 200 days a year and speak to audiences of people right that wasn't her thing so number one it's like before i offer any feedback have i asked have i one have i you know, have I asked for permission, but two, have I really assessed what they want? Um, what what you all know in your business is that you'll have people who are going to come to you and they want to be coached by you. Show me what you're doing. Da, da, da. Show me how to get to the money. Right. That's what they want. But what you know is that they need something different. So the balance is how do I deliver on what they want while also sprinkling in what they need in order to maintain it? Does that, that make sense? And so, um, you know, the difference between, you know, being able to determine, you know, is this my intuition? Is it like, is this really something that needs to be said? Or is this my programming, my conditioning, my limiting beliefs? I believe that your intuition is led through inspiration and our programming and conditioning is rooted or, yeah, it's rooted in um, fear. 
Okay, fear of not being seen, fear of not being enough, fear of not being worthy, whatever the case might be. So just check in with, you know, what's driving this? I'm inspired to speak it or, you know, there's some fear or other need being served. Okay, hopefully, um, hopefully that um, helps clarify it a little bit. I have a little bit of a similar question um, that I, I had prepared before this. So there was an emperor in Rome who... As the people were praising him, he wanted to make sure he could stay humble because mm-hmm. after getting so much feedback that he was great, he hired a guy just to whisper in his ear, you're just a man. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We show you where to find the money, how to find the deals, and how to negotiate the deals. We go over live sales calls, including negotiations, scripts, role-playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's a video that we didn't make that you want, we'll make it for you. This knowledge has made us well over a million dollars, and it's available right now for $9.97. Click the link below. Buy the course. Mm, Okay, okay, okay. I I know that in order to become a facilitator, to begin with, it was an intense process that required a lot of dedication. You earned it. You were probably proud of it. And then the things that you were able to accomplish with people over the course of a few days seem magical to them. So you quickly be able to appear godlike, develop some Mm. fans, that sort of thing. How were you able to make sure that you could stay humble being in that position where people were looking up to you constantly? Thank you for that question. It's a and that's a, it's a very powerful question. Um, one that I don't even know that I've uh, mastered. You know, it's still very uncomfortable for me when I hear about you know you know the change that uh, I've made in a person's life. You know, or or the thanks that go out. Um, I'll say uh, you know there's a the uh, the Japanese um, uh, ter- phrasing phraseology is essentially uh, perfectly imperfect, okay? And what you'll never hear from me is that um, I have it figured out. Um, I don't spend a lot of time on lifestyle stuff uh, because frankly, you know, um, it's I don't have it to the level that I desire to, right? So one, I'll never, uh, I never spoke about what wasn't real for me. And um, I will not teach what I haven't tested. Um, also, there are, I believe that there is a balance, you know, so it's like the closer, you know, a person gets to me, the more you see the imperfections, you know, uh, my my ex-wife would, you know, she would be one, she's like, man, you know, these, you know, when she would get upset, she's like, these people, they love you and you're being an asshole. And I was like, yeah, you know, right. So there's I, I am a, I am a mix of both. You know, uh, there are there are those who despise, you know, those who can't stand me. They don't even you know, it could be, you know, I've had people, you know, leave classes because of, you know, my tone, you know, my voice was too loud or they they didn't like me for another reason. You know, there there are rumors and, you know, innuendo and things that are out there that even exist uh, that exist even now. Uh, and, you know, there are times in my life, there, there was a phase or a period of my life where I did not align with what I was teaching. And you could, all, and I know those times because the results were always lower when, you know, I would just parrot it out, but, you know, it, it sounded good. It was mechanically, you know, great, but there was something off. It didn't, you know, it just, it just wasn't, you know, it didn't vibe. And so, uh, and what happens is, you know, I am committed to being a person who continually gets better. So the work that I needed to do on me personally, I did. And then what happens is people can know that that's what you used to be. I did a video on this recently. They know that that's what you used to be. And then they aren't willing to let go of what you used to be because they're still in the same place they were. Does that make sense? So now it's like, oh, I remember when you were this. It's like if I go home, oh, man, psh, 
Cortland, what, what, is, what is he talking about? I remember when he was living on Main Street and blah, 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 right? Or him, psh, he's the last person that needs to be up. Like, because they haven't shifted out of it, they expect that you're still in the same place. Um, but, but as far as, you know, being on a pedestal, I think that being on a pedestal only leads you to falling into a pit. Because the law of polarity says that in order for anything to exist, and I want all of your listeners to hear this, in order for anything to exist, the opposite must exist also. So you can't have an up without a down. There's no light without darkness. There's no good without bad. In order for anything to exist, you have to have the opposite. That's how we're able to, you know, orbit through space because that equilibrium is maintained. And so nature has a way to making, of making sure that, we're, that we remain balanced. And if we don't do that ourselves, then you know, nature will ensure that it happens, okay? So you take that, you know, and, and now here's the, the flip side of that though, um, Tony, is a lot of people use that as justification not to go out and be successful. Well, you see, you know, that person got money and then they lost it all. They destroyed their life. See, that's the reason why I don't want more money or I don't want that lifestyle. I don't want that, that because when you get there, that, right? No, it's that's a justification. That, that's that's ridiculous. OK, but if we don't do it ourselves, then nature will ensure that we experience the balance that is required for us all to exist. That's how I do it. Where, where does your sense of worth actually come from then? Because uh, you I know earlier you said it's not from achievement. It's not from these certain things. Like, where do you have that inherent, you know, sense mm-hmm. of worth? I, uh, that's, a, I mean, you guys, are, you know, by the way, these guys wouldn't give me the questions beforehand. They're like, no, we don't, we don't do that. Our podcast is not like that. No, no, no. <laughs> Our, ours, uh, we're, we're organic, right? So um, I don't know what I just, you guys just went away from live. But anyway, so how I do it, um, what I do is, you know, your question is, where does that sense of worth come from? I haven't always had it, okay? Uh, that's the first thing that I'll say. I've not always had it. And um, it's, for me, rooted in this idea that, you know, I had to first determine that I even belonged here. Um, when uh, Napoleon Hill was asked, you know, after, you know, he wrote the book, Think and Grow Rich, but uh, in his lecturing, he was asked once, you know, well, why don't more people achieve success? And he said, well, it's because of guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you, if you look at that, you know, in those areas of your life where you know what to do and you don't do it, uh, you know, the steps to take and you don't take it. Uh, because you know that taking those steps would lead you to realizing a dream. Uh, and if you find yourself not doing it, then at some level, right, there's a part of you that doesn't believe you deserve it. And it could only be the case because there's something that you've not forgiven yourself for. For me, um, when I looked at my mom struggling, and I have an older sister also, uh, when I looked at, you know, my sister not being able to get certain things because mom couldn't afford to buy something for both of us, or I would watch her cry or, you know, her tears dripping on, you know, the, 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 the bill that needed to be paid. Um, there was a part of me that felt like, well, if I wasn't here, then life would be easier for her. If I wasn't here, then, you know, my sister could get the Easter dress. Um, maybe if I wasn't here, uh, my dad would still be here because the pressure wouldn't have been as much. And so for a long time, a very long time, I did not I I did not believe that I even deserved to be on the planet. I didn't even deserve to exist. So when I really start working on myself, the thing that I had to forgive myself for was being born in the first place. And that's a longer story for maybe a different uh, a different episode. But um, so when you ask, where does my internal belief come from? It's a, it is now, it is today a result of forgiving myself for showing up or for being here and recognizing, or I've now convinced myself that I am a beautiful expression of God's imagination. And that though I came through my parents, I didn't come to my parents. And I have convinced myself, I believe very effectively that I have a reason for existence that makes the world a better place 
and uh, what my mission or assignment is won't be judged by other people, but by, you know, uh, the most high. How did I do compared to what I was capable of doing? That's what that's what drives me now. What would you say is your biggest struggle right now, Cortland? Uh, my biggest struggle right now is I walked away from a, you know, 20 years of, you know, applause and um, great job and you changed my life and standing ovations. And uh, I'm in, I'm I'm probably I'm right now in the scariest time of my life. If I'm being real honest with you, it's the scariest time of my adult life for sure. Um, and I'm noticing how fear and excitement can kind of feel the same depending on the label that you give it, right? So where I'm scared out of my mind, I'm also excited. Um, but the the struggle right now is because it's still fresh. You know, did I do the right thing? I'm learning. I'm learning, you guys. I'm learning how fast a thought is because I could be doing great. I mean, I'm in a good headspace. I get up from my sofa, go to the refrigerator to grab a drink of water. And from my sofa to the refrigerator, which is not a very long time, is like, like, who do you think you are? What the hell are you doing? So it's like, man, they're, they're, they're fast. So um, the biggest um, struggle right now is uh practicing continuing to practice what i've been teaching and ultimately it came down to you know what would i advise a client to do i i was going into the airport and uh, as i was dragging my suitcase i could hear it you know the the wheels rolling over the asphalt and i'm going on another trip and this you know i just you know there's like this voice you know a thought comes i am i do not love my life hmm. And initially I went to, the, oh, but you got this, you got, I, you know, count the things to be grateful for. And it was like, calm down. It's okay. And then I said it again, I do not love my life. And that's when I knew that I was complete with that 20 year run. Um, and I've, I believe helped a lot of people and, um, but I was also complete. And so the biggest struggle or challenge right now is going from the unknown or going from the known to the unknown, going from a place where everybody knows my name to, you know, looking to see if a video got four likes compared to somebody that's got 600,000 followers. I'm like, it's a it's a sea of unknown. And uh, so that's that's where I'm, I'm, I'm greatly challenged right now. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think that takes uh, a lot of humility because, you know, it's funny is that was going to be my first question is one is like that that example would be a perfect example. But then you answered it before I asked it of like, how do you know if this is like actually my path for me or this is my ego? I want to go do my own thing. I want to be me. I want to do what I want to do. It's it's not the life I want to live. Like, how do you really differentiate the two? But I think you answered it there later um, as you yeah. continued on of like, man, like this, I'm not happy this is mm -hmm. not for me anymore. And that's okay to like, you know, go and do your own thing. But it definitely takes a certain amount of humility to be like, all right, I was, you were at the top. You're at the top, man. I mean, you're the only person that we would allow in Indiana. We're like, right, 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 right. <laughs> They're um, like, if, if, Cort if Cortland's not coming, we're changing the dates, you know, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm honored, you know, um, by that. And we did some, and we did some great work together. I, I know we impacted a lot of people. Yep. Um, and uh, I was, uh, I was also comfortable. Yeah. I'm being very honest. I was comfortable. I didn't, you know, I didn't have to to study, you know, uh, the material the night before. I, I, and and that I know is a dangerous, dangerous place to be. So, um, and I didn't want to die being known as an instructor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that takes a humility, though. Just exactly like what you said there, like. You already, you didn't have to study anymore. You you know it, man. It's like the back of your hand. You got it. Now you're going back to where it's like, dude, I'm going to start to learn something else. But the question that I always ask myself is, and it sounds like you ask yourself a very similar question, if not the same, but like, who did God, like, 
call me to be? Who did he create me to be? He didn't create you to be an instructor. Was that part of the path? Yeah, absolutely. It was. It got you to where you are now. But like, who is he calling me to be actually? And then sometimes I feel like we get so caught up in that. Let's just keep doing the same thing because, dude, we're freaking good. Everybody's calling our name. We're freaking making good money. The people around us, everything's great. But it's still like deep down, you know that Cortland has more potential for his life than what he's doing right now. Nobody else even knows because they think you're at the top. But it's like, no, dude, I got a lot more. So then from other people's perspective, oh, I'm going back down. But you're not going back down. It's like I'm taking a step back so I can move forward to the person that God called me to be. So it's exciting. I call it post-traumatic growth, you know, and, um, you know, I don't I don't share this a lot. This may be the first time I've shared it you know, publicly, but um the reality is because I was out of alignment with myself, uh, there were a growing number of times when I thought about or contemplated uh, what it would be like to not be here, meaning alive, meaning physically, meaning taking my own life. Um, one of the reasons that I embrace uh, Sterling so tightly is, and he knows this, uh, there have been times, when, and, and it would be while I was on the road, doing a class, doing a seminar, and um, or just one too many times looking out of that hotel, thinking, you know, it won't hurt for long. And I know that d- downstairs, there's a group of people that are like, man, this is the best thing I've ever heard you know, but what was going on for me. And uh, I didn't, obviously, but I didn't. uh, And a lot of times I was thinking because I didn't want my children to have to answer, like, if they could have done something different, um, would I have not, I didn't, have not done it. Like, I didn't want them grappling with that question as I have seen participants grapple with, you know. So um, it can look a certain way on the outside. Um, It really can. But when we're out, when I'll speak for me being out of alignment leads to self-sabotage. It leads to behaviors that are, you know, not in alignment. It leads to, you know, just uh, diminishing, you know, thoughts. And uh, I am today uh, more free. Uh, I'm, I'm lighter. Uh, I'm more present. I'm more grounded. And I'm still, I'm still scared, uh, but I'm also more excited than I have been in a very long time. And so uh, the truth is that we must be willing. And I, and I, you know, I thought about it. I said, dang it, I promised Tony and Dakota, you know, uh, July. Like I, I thought about where I was scheduled to go do classes. I, you know, just passed this past weekend, there was a group from, uh, you mentioned New Skin earlier, and they were gonna go and they were gonna hear it. And it was like, okay, is this out of integrity? Am I? breaking my word to them. Um, and I said, no, it actually models what it means to truly be in integrity and in alignment uh, because it represents being in alignment with myself. And so I'm not asking you and coaching you to do things that I don't have the courage to do. Pulling data lists like vacant houses, mortgage foreclosures, and tax delinquent properties is important to direct to seller marketing. Batch Leads is the main platform where we store our sellers' data and skip trace owners for their phone numbers, emails, and addresses. On other platforms, you end up having to pay twice for the same contact if you've already skip traced it. My favorite thing about Batch Leads is that if you skip traced a contact once, you never have to pay for that contact again. Batch Leads has SMS texting campaigns, direct mail marketing, and driving for dollars app integrated in a simple to use interface. Click the link below and try Batch Leads today. Yeah, I wondered, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about something we just talked with our coach about actually, Dakota asked him a good question. And so 
thinking about the future, do you have like a, a clear vision or do you have more of sort of like a blurry vision or have you like done the manifestation work to know like, hey, this is what I want? Like, have you set that end end goal? It's uh, I would say right now it's uh, it's it's more blurred and cloudy, um, but it's like that fog, though, is starting to move away because it wasn't going to be clear as long as like me, me writing my goals down, knowing that I'm unwilling to leave my comfort is some bullshit. Right. I Like, OK, I'm writing the goals down, but I'm unwilling to give up this comfort. It's a it's a futile exercise. OK, now that I've been willing to say, OK, like I'm here now. Right. And so it's, you know, that fog is starting to move, you know, it's starting to move away and it's, it's becoming more clear. Um, I can see I can see clearly the next five, the next 10. Um, I I'm still not so clear on, you know, what the epitaph, you know, reads. Um, but I have uh, I've made a, a, a commitment to my physical um, body, my physical health. I'm in uh, uh, the best physical shape that I've been in and probably the, for sure the last 15 years. Um, a commitment you know, in the financial area. I've, it's funny in the in the in the months since I left, I generate, you know, I generated more in the months since I left. Uh, it would have taken me about four months to do what I was able to do in one month. Right. And as opportunities just, you know, it's like all the lessons and I don't know how much time we have. I, I if you have more questions, tell me to be quiet. But it's like all of the lessons don't people get afraid of the lessons, but all of the lessons don't have to be hard ones. Like people like, you know, whenever we think about the lesson, what lesson did you learn? It's usually from a context of something grueling or hurtful or painful that we had to experience. Man, what I'm learning is like sometimes the lesson is that you're deserving. Sometimes the lesson is that you actually are worthy. Sometimes the lesson is you're actually worth more than you were settling for. Sometimes the lesson is actually people will pay you the amount that you ask. Like sometimes the lesson is something that's positive. And so I don't want people to always be afraid of what lesson we got to learn. Sometimes that lesson is, you know, it, it elevates us. Does that make sense? Versus, oh, man, I learned a hard lesson. And then it like scares people because we don't know what that is and we don't know if we'll be able to handle it. It can scare people into even taking action because, well, I don't know what the bumps along the way are going to be. You know, but I'm looking at my life now like it's harvest time. I put a lot, I planted a lot of seeds in 20 years. I put in a lot of work over 20 years. And it's like, you know, for me, it's like, you know, it's harvest. It's, 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 I made a lot of sacrifices, a lot of commitments. So anyway, you know, that uh, um, I don't see it so clearly. It's just, um, it's more clear than it's ever been. Yeah. So, so then the, the question that Dakota asked our coach is, uh, how much of, would you say success or accomplishment? I think uh, either one. How how much of success do you feel is mindset and how much would you say is doing? And then what percentage would you give to both of those? It's not, I mean, it, it has to equal 100% results, but we're not going to be like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and we're not going to go 50-50. Okay, so here's what, see, I believe that mindset without skill set is delusion. Okay. So I've, I've never been in a boxing ring. I step into the boxing ring right now with, you know, who's the, who's the best in the world pound for pound right now. Um, the Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Cause he, cause it's, cause it's an easy, it's an easy I And he would still knock my block off. Right. So um, I step in, I, I, I just left you all seminar. I'm excited out of my mind and I believe it's possible. I get in the ring with Mike Tyson, I'm getting killed. Particularly because I've never been in a ring before. Okay. But man, I was positive. I had the mindset. Now, skill set without mindset uh, leads to depression. Because now I know that I have the skills to do it, but I can't get myself off the couch to go do it. Now I'm depressed. So it definitely requires both. I'm going to weigh it more towards. Um, I remember working with Google one time and I learned through uh, one of their HR professionals 
that um, they weigh more on, they lean more on mindset. So maybe I would say 75, 25, maybe even 90, 80, 20, right? Because their viewpoint was give us most of what we do here at Google from a software engineering standpoint, before you get here, you've not done it. So I need the mindset of a person who's willing to learn and I can teach them the what to do. Okay, so um, I've got to have some competency, though. I've got to have some skill, but I'm going to I'm um, I'm biased, but I'm going to go more towards mindset. I think so, too. Uh, I want to get into something you said earlier. I know we're getting close to our hour mark, so we'll probably ask the final question in the next couple. But um, yeah. it depends on how much time you have to, man. We could ask you questions all day because I'm asking I'm asking for myself on a lot. Of <laughs> Hopefully the, the listeners get to uh, hear about it as well. But I actually. I relate a lot and actually kind of does strike a little bit of fear in me, not now, but for the future of uh, your expectations and your, your integrity. So like I said that I'm going to do something, I'm going to see it all the way through. And I feel like that was a mindset that my dad always taught me is like, if you're going to start something, you better finish it. And so Mm -hmm. then I always have that. But then at the same time, it's like, man, if it's making me unhappy and uh, I'm continuing to like give, 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 and then I can't even give anymore. Like you said, you thought about taking your life and like, I've thought about like, not, not actually any my own life, but like uh, similar things where everybody keeps reaching out to me, reaching out to me. Hey, I want to learn about this. I want to learn about this. I want to give, I want to help, but I can only do so much of it. Same thing with like a business aspect, or let's say like the marriage. I mean, I don't know how long you're married for, but you committed and then now it's like not the same anymore. So how do you like struggle through? Like, do I just struggle through this, work through this, continue to work on it? Or how do you know if it's like, hey, this is not even what makes me happy anymore. And there's no way I can fix this thing that I got myself into. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's an interesting relationship with that. And it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, You know, but the word integrity, you know, um, is about, is, is comes from the math term integer. And an integer is a whole number. So being in integrity is really about being whole, not fragmented. It's like if, uh, you know, a number of your listeners will relate to this, you know, I, you know, think about the number of times when you said yes to something, but you really wanted to say no. Right. Even if you go through with it, you were out of integrity with yourself. You said no, but you really wanted to say yes. Or those times when you said no. okay, but you wanted to say yes. Right. So someone, hey, can I support you? Is there anything you need? Nope, I got it. I'm fine. I'm good. Go ahead. Right. And then, you know, you end up moving your entire house by yourself over the weekend because you didn't want to be a burden to your friends. Like you said, no, but you really wanted to say yes. Uh, That's out of integrity also. So I think our first commitment is to, you know, ourselves or, you know, our relate. I my relationship was with God. Not everybody has that viewpoint, but our first commitment is to ourselves or to, you know, a higher power. And what is the design and purpose? Okay. What is the design and purpose of that, uh, of that relationship and that commitment first? If I find myself having committed to something and I, if I know I made that commitment without even checking in, well, it, it, it's very likely that, you know, uh, it won't end up the way I had hoped. OK, so so it is it is a very di- it, it is a very difficult balance. But it's also true that there are sometimes what we call conflicting commitments, right? Conflicting commitments, like in order to get one thing done, another thing goes without getting done. It's compl- you know, those those two things c- conflict with each other. So let's say, you know, I know, Tony, you have uh, a daughter. So, you know, you, you're, you're headed towards a business meeting, right? I'm headed towards this business meeting. And then you get a call that your baby girl has been in an accident, right? And like you're turning the car around like right now, got to get, I'm, I'm going to check, like bit over here, right? So I said, like, what is it? Wait, wait. And, and then that guy that came to you or that person wanted to be like, hey, man, you broke your word. Well, not to you. But in doing so, I'm keeping my word to be there for my daughter. Make sense? So we, we, when we look at it, it's like, what is the commitment to? And I, you know, for me, it's like the commitment to, you know, to stay alive and, and you know, fulfill my purpose outweigh or outweighs all other commitments ever made. Mm, that's a good analogy. You, have you done NLP, neuro linguistic programming? I have not, though. I'm looking into it, though. I'm looking into it. I've, at this point, I've only read the books. 
there's a uh, nlp.com is one of the uh, main ones that okay. there's something in it called parts integration where it talks mm. about like how part of you wants to do one thing and part of you wants to do another thing. And so then you get those two parts to chunk up, which means to get closer to the highest self or closer to God, figuring out what's the intention. What is the part? What is the purpose of that part until you find that they have a mutual thread. And so it's sort of an exercise in accepting all of the parts of yourself. And it's like self-forgiveness almost mm. so that, once you understand that both of the parts of you, we aren't parts people, we're whole people. Mm -hmm. And so once you get to the highest self, the highest purpose, the highest intention, you discover that it's a lot easier to relinquish all of the negative emotions that are on the decision-making mm. process. So once you release the emotion from it, then it's like, oh, okay, I'm le I there's less pressure on making a decision now. Like I'm, oh, more wow, happy. That's good. I've forgiven myself and I'm ready to make a decision now that I feel whole again. That's powerful. So that was wow. something that I thought of as, as uh, Dakota was asking that question. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll you know, I like that. I'll, I'm going to do some work on that. Yeah. The only thing that I thought of, and this will be the last one they'll give in the closing question, but uh, is what about whenever you say, you say yes. And then you really wanted to say no, but then it turned out to be the best thing you ever did because yeah. You yeah, I mean, you, listen, we can all we we cannot connect the dots moving forward. We're only able to connect the dots when we look back on it. You know what I mean? So I'm not able to say, well, I'm going to do this and it's going to leave. Think about you all's business, right? With with LTD, right? If you was like, okay, you would never, you would likely never get started. We're going to do this and it's going to lead to this, and that's going to for sure lead to that. And it's going to lead to this connection, and that connection is going to lead to this connection. And like you guys are and the success that you're creating in really a short amount of time is because you're just willing to be in action. Like, let's just we, we got to go. And it's not haphazard. You think you guys are strategic, you're tactical. Yes, but you're going. But think about the number of things that have worked out. Sometimes it didn't work out and it saved you in the long run. And sometimes you didn't expect it and it became exactly the door that needed to be opened. I believe that that's what's happening when we're on purpose versus being driven by fear. Then we look back on it and say, oh, this led to this, which led to this, which led to that. Make sense? Okay. <clears throat> All right, Cortland, this is our last question that we always ask everybody on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so you can have a billboard in Times Square it's a uh, a sentence, a paragraph, but you're on your deathbed. So you're dying right now. Mm. You have a final message and it's Cortland's message. It's unique to you. It could be a quote that you've heard. It could be uh, a mantra. It could be just your unique message that you feel that the world needs to hear. It's Cortland's message. And it's the last thing that you get to share your last legacy. It's your legacy, how people are going to remember you. This is Cortland's, Cortland's specific message to the world. <clears throat> They're going to read it. Or no, like they, we could hear, we could have an audible. It's, it's saying it too. Okay. No, uh, I just imagine them reading this Times Square and the message would be, you know what to do. Hmm. I believe that the answers are within us if we're courageous enough to explore and that everything that we're looking to become, uh, the answers on how to do that will come from within. So I would just say, you know what to do. Love it. Cool. Appreciate it, man. Thank you guys. Yeah. How can our uh, listeners get a hold of you if they want to reach out or anything like that? Or anything uh, the all the social well not on TikTok but uh, Instagram uh, Court look Cortland Warren okay and then on Facebook Cortland D Warren now you all know what the D stands for <laughs> thank you Tony right <laughs> so uh, Cortland D Warren or Cortland Warren or also uh, my website CortlandWarren.com um, uh, if you want to reach out that way I appreciate I really appreciate the opportunity proud of you guys I'll know if whether or not I did a good enough job if you ask me back how about that. 100%. Well, we definitely want to have you back, man. I have a ton more questions. And honestly, if, I want to also like take the time to thank you for, you know, you talk a lot about our success, but a lot of our success did come from you helping us to put us have the work be done. So basically you facilitated us doing the work, but like that was a changing point in our lives because we were very like, you know, 
well, I'll speak for me personally. I was very one track minded. I was, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I was like, you know, kind of self-aware, but not, not very much open to new ideas or, you know, I always felt like I had to be, I was always right. You mm -hmm. helped me to like open that up in myself or, Hey, there's a possibility that I could be wrong and uh, really explore that. So you were a huge influence on uh on our business which i know everybody else wants to take credit for it and everybody does get some credit for it. you know the fort wayne ria um future flipper they gave us the tactics you helped us with the mindset so yeah i just want to say thank you for for everything that you did do for our lives and thank you for coming on uh the podcast and uh yeah being willing to just share and give back so i appreciate it man you're you're very welcome and uh you know i'm inspired by what you're doing and uh let's just you know Let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing it. That's that's the repayment to me is is to see people putting things into action. And uh, like I was saying earlier, that's where I you know that's where I find myself now uh, again uh, is in that place of practicing uh, what I've been teaching for so long. So thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. I know uh, that this podcast is important to you all uh, because your listeners are important to you. And my hope is that they're inspired and they go out and do something as a result of what they heard. And man, if you guys are inspired, make sure that you like, comment, share, and uh, support this man and everything that he does. Yeah. Any lot. final thoughts for our viewers? Uh, I I uh, I meant what I said. You you know what to do, and uh, what, some of the best best daily practices you can be in is that of meditation, and like going within, asking yourself uh, what is it that you want to contribute, what's a problem that you can solve. What are resources that you have at your disposal that can make life easier for other people to live? If you'll do that more days than you don't, uh, it guarantees that you'll have a successful life. You don't have to win 100% of the time, 51% and you win. And um, going within kind of assures that that happens. So um, thank you, uh, both Tony and Dakota. I appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Peace.